This is exactly right. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen. Hello, Chris. Uh, Before we introduce our guests, uh, I just want to give a little background. He's like my older brother in comedy, or bigger brother. Yeah, much larger. Yeah, he's much larger. And, And... also, if I he might correct me later, but I believe one of the reasons you and I started podcasting together is is Jimmy suggested you as a possible podcast partner, and so did Greg Barrent, and that was all the all the research I had done. But two out of two people said Karen Kilgariff, <laughs> and then uh, after a year, I mustered up the courage to ask you because I was a shy, mm-hmm. scared boy. That's and then, right. And look at us now. Look this, at us this here. This podcast is 50% responsible, or I mean, you know what I mean, for our, our guest so. today, Mr. <laughs> Jimmy Pardo. What, was that my intro? It was, yeah. It was uh, shoddy. It almost best. didn't happen. Yeah. Holy smokes. Off. Yeah, not the best. I guess that's why I didn't know if I was supposed to jump in. Am I still waiting for the curtain to be open so I walk out? Am I tripping over the curtain because I walked out too soon? You know what? That's how I feel sometimes on Never Not Funny, not to just hold the mirror up. I don't know when to jump in. Sometimes it's unclear. It's very clear. You're welcome to jump in any time. Guys, don't start with bickering. And I I give a nice ramp up. I give a nice, please welcome. You're a funny guy. We just watched his special. My son thinks it's the funniest special he's seen in ages. Please welcome Chris Fairbanks. I give a nice build up, not this stutter stammer crap you just pulled. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's my signature. Stutter, stammer, hard to understand. That's why I got the big bucks. <laughs> the Fairbanks brand. <laughs> Jimmy, how are you? I'm good. I'm honored to be here. What, what I find funny about this, guys, uh, and I mean funny, weird, not funny, haha, clownish, is uh, you guys uh, have asked me to do your program before. It never worked out. You, uh, nobody was ever interested in coming to Baldwin Hills to pick me up to get, bring me anywhere. Uh, so it took a pandemic and me sitting in my own home uh, to be on a show that involves being in a vehicle. That's right. Well, okay. the the silver lining is right now you're safe. You know, a lot of these people were putting their lives in uh, their hands. We almost killed uh, Eddie Pepitone. I don't think he was looking out the right window, but he he almost perished at our hands. 
We've had a lot of near misses on this podcast. A lot of danger. Yeah. My, when you said he was looking out the window, could he see past the saliva that was covering the glass? Is is that mine or his? He spits a lot, is my point. And he spits a lot when he speaks. That's what I was getting at. In defense, I've been a, I have been a say it, don't spray it kid uh, from the beginning. Yeah. I thought you just meant that I have a very messy car, which I was like, oh, that's true. Oh, no. no, I was not. That was not insulted. I don't insult somebody that's here. I take I take swipes of people that can't defend themselves. No, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, that's, that's the Pardo way. That's the, that's the Pardo brand. Yeah, sure. yeah. Karen did used to have dog saliva on her back windows. Um, sometimes it was. I did not know that. See, see. So therefore, therefore, that's why Karen stared at me through the zoom lens as if uh, Pardo was saying the most offensive thing in the world. And I was like, holy crap, is Pepitone right behind me? Why is that the, the response? <laughs> Jimmy, that's just my eyebrows. That's the way I pencil my eyebrows in. It always looks like that. Yeah. Do you pencil your eyebrows? I pencil them in. It's very let common on, these let me, days, Jimmy. What'd you say, Chris? It's very common these days. I wish that when you put on those glasses, there was a little uh, Groucho Marx eyebrows on them. <laughs> that's what I wanted. Those are her specialty eyebrow glasses. What if, I put, what if I put them on and they were those Chinese glasses that people used to think were funny to put on? <laughs> oh, boy. Remember, yeah. they had the little Chinese eyes in there and people would like wear them? They the, wear zoom them. Would, the Zoom would automatically end because it's uh, 2021 and you simply sure. cannot do it anymore. Anyway, Karen, let, let, me see your, uh, your, let me see your brows, please. Hmm. They are nice they brows. Look, but those they are have beautiful. It. They can, thanks. I have, it, that have a natural, I'm not really buying this from you. Uh, I think. Yeah, they do. A like, eh, little skepticism yeah, with the brow, with the pencil bit, brow. Mm-hmm. I think it looks very nice. It looks very natural. I would not have known that you were penciling them in via the Zoom. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if, if I get closer to you. And I don't know if I'll ever be as close that I would uh, be so close that I would know that it's pencil and not real hair. That would be I, very I, uh, intimate. It's, it's the, it's it's like the a, reason I keep people at a distance. Yeah, it's like another man's shoes in Shawshank. You're never really looking at someone's eyebrows. You're making full yeah. eye contact. Unless right. every once in a while I'll buy the wrong color because in the kind of eyebrow powder that I use, there really is, uh, there's about 15 choices. And I've definitely used too dark where everything else looks kind of natural and <laughs> my <laughs> eyebrows look sharpied on. Like it's very disturbing. Uh, yeah, I've, got, I've gone the wrong way many times. So you kind of know. But I think that thing these days is everyone is so good at eyebrows these days. This is a thing both of you would never be interested in talking about. But eyebrows are a real high art these days. And yeah. uh, I will tell you this. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no. I just want to say that uh, it is the day for the man to pay attention to their eyebrows. I find when I let them mine go I look like a college math professor. They <laughs> they curl, and the minute they touch my eyelid, I know it's time to uh, pull out the uh, groomer. Yeah, I have a hand they, groomer. Uh, I'm always told whenever I'm on the whenever I uh, when I used to do television shows back uh, when people gave a damn about me in my career. Uh, whenever they would do makeup, they would always say on this particular eyebrow that I might I want to consider on my left eyebrow consider getting a uh, tattoo. Uh, my eyebrows tattooed on because I'm missing like a little part there yeah. uh, of my eyebrow. So they suggested that so that it doesn't look penciled in when I am on camera. And I went, you know what? Three times a year ain't worth me getting a tattoo <laughs> uh, of, of eyebrows. Also, I would disagree or I would like to see. I would love to see a camera test of that because how is an, a tattoo looking better than the pencil that you I'm can with blend you. and yeah. lighten? She it's says crazy. that it would. I, I don't know the answer to that. So, uh, 
Maybe it's uh, just the way they do it. Technically, Real. your first and only tattoo would be a face tat, which is, you know. Oh, no, I have, I have two tattoos. Do you? Yeah. Where? Um, I have a, I, right, I got one on none of and the other one's on your business. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's so what fun. I'm hearing there is around your belly button and ankle. Jimmy. Yes, of course. I, I have a dolphin on my ankle and a, a daisy on my belly button. Uh, I have a, on this arm, uh, nope, on this arm, I have a shark. On my right arm, yes. I have a shark. Yes. And on my left arm, I have an anchor with Oliver's, my son Oliver's name on it. Oh. Because he stabilizes like me. See, he, he keeps me. <laughs> He keeps me uh, stable. And Mord. what does the shark represent? Mord. Too? If I if I knew how, if I had a vocabulary, I would have said Mord. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the yes. shark. I just. I'm a big fan of sharks. I think they're uh, they're neat and um, uh, <laughs> and I, I as I jokingly always say is I, I love the sea. So that uh, is the other. It's, I, obviously, these would be the two tattoos uh, Jimmy Pardo would get. Um, the other two would be never when I get tattoos. Um, I had a little nervous breakdown uh, when Oliver was born. Five weeks after he was born, I found myself getting a tattoo, uh, thinking I'd never done anything exciting with my life, and now I'm a father. I should do something. Oh, and yeah. so I got a tattoo, and then went, hey, that one seems lonely. I should get another tattoo. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, it's either that or a Corvette. Yeah, and I couldn't afford that. I could afford a couple hundred bucks with uh, some uh, guy... Uh, uh, still smoking directly into my face while he put a tattoo on. <laughs> I love the idea that a stand-up comedian, like a lifelong stand-up comedian that's been on TV and done all this stuff, you'd never done anything exciting with your life. Like, what more do you want? <laughs> Karen, can I say, can I tell you something? I have said this a thousand times, and you are the first person to understand how ridiculous it is <laughs> that I think I've done nothing with. Yes. Like, really? You lived out of your car going across the country doing stand-up at saloons. Yeah. You did something. You did it's, do daring things. It's the one thing most people say will say to you, I could never do right. what you do. Right. I could yes. never do that. I could never stand up in front of five people and speak, much less 200 every night, new material, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. Yeah. But, but that's, no. I think that's what we all do. Comedians never appreciate how hard comedy is because we can do it right so it's it doesn't feel as big of a deal to yeah us. i feel like i haven't lived life because i've never had a nine to five job which is quite the opposite of what everyone <laughs> no, else yeah thinks. that's exactly the opposite of what we we're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah exactly. but i get right. your hey can i can i shoehorn this in real fast one time I, and this Get goes back there. to the eyebrows um and, and it was really the only time that i would this is 100 percent true this is the first time i ever noticed somebody's eyebrows and now i can't stop looking at people's eyebrows <laughs> I was on a uh, I was on a flight from Los Angeles to Dallas. I was on an American Airlines. Salute that tail! It's got a flag on it. And um, uh, I'm sitting next to somebody, and I don't recognize. At first, I don't recognize who that person is, and then I recognize uh, that I see that boy. I recognize that face, and now I recognize that face, and then I recognize that face, and then the woman who sat behind me, she and her daughter started talking to me. Because at the time I had a UCB sweatshirt jacket on and she said, uh, I guess the younger kids call those hoodies and um, <laughs> sweatshirt jacket. <laughs> I call it a sweatshirt jacket. Uh, so she she says, hey, my daughter uh, takes classes at the UCB. And I said, oh, I, I started with those guys, Matt. And, and I started in Chicago. I started with uh, all the guys that run the UCB. I started with them doing stand up and they're like, oh, you're a stand up. And that woman turns out to be Charlene Tilton uh, oh, from the TV show Dallas. Yeah. And then I said. Oh, what are you doing? She goes, oh, we're, we're going to a convention. Uh, it's a, a Dallas reunion convention. I was like, that's where I recognize everybody. And so it then dawned on me that I'm literally the only person in first class. I was bumped up. I got uh, points, bumped up on points. Yeah, I hear that. Best um, feeling in the world. So I, I'm the only person in first class that was not a member of the Dallas cast. <laughs> and 
I turn next to me to I go, well, who's the guy next to me? And he turns to me and says hello and goes, he raises his eyebrows up and down in a crazy manner. Uh, and it was Larry Hagman. Uh, uh, and his eyebrows, though, had their own plane ticket. That's how bananas his, his eyebrows were. Like they were like nobody said, hey, Larry, cut those things like they were they were literally three inches off of his face. They were insane old man eyebrows. Was he J.R. Ewing that that actor? That was J.R. Ewing. That was uh, uh, Major Healy from uh, I Dream of Jeannie. I never I never made it past the opening sequence of the uh, Dallas skyline. I never watched a minute of that program. It was too adult for me. It's so good. We get that was uh, if we like were getting babysat or there was something happening where our parents yes. weren't paying attention. You yes. got to watch Dallas. So there was this extra thrill where you're just like, look at Bobby and what's her name talking to each other. Like we would watch it as if it was the most wonderful, amazing show. And when I, I think I was probably eight years old or so when the whole who shot Jr. the most brilliant like television publicity idea of all time which is jr who was like the big mean guy on the show gets shot no one knows who did it and then there's it's like an entire season dedicated to figuring out on a show that's otherwise just a nighttime soap opera it turned into like a a crime procedural we also spent the entire because it was a cliffhanger from one season to the next uh and when i say we i mean the country spent the entire summer talking about who shot jr so to yeah. karen's point like it got it, morning radio talked about it evening radio talked about it middays talked about overnights everybody's talking about it on radio <laughs> yep different types because of back then it was uh there were four networks or three networks yeah. so like we all were watching the same shows and talking about it i mean it was like you kind of had no choice but yeah who shot jr was a very big deal I remember we were a dynasty that. household. Uh, go ahead, Kurt. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. No, it's no. the Zoom yeah, lag. I'm not, I'm not being I, rude. It's the Zoom lag. It's when the I, Zoom. When I said J.R. Ewing, I thought maybe, uh-oh, this is dynasty. They are the same shows to me. I do not know the difference. One takes place in Texas. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. We, Like I said, we were a dynasty house, and I couldn't tell you where that was. Ba- maybe New York, L.A. Is it L.A.? I don't know. We weren't allowed to watch Dynasty. Oh, your, your parents hated some, Linda Evans? For, <laughs> for some reason, that was like they drew the line. I don't know. I, I think all of it was against the rules. But like the one we would try to watch if we could was Dallas. I see. And maybe it was because it was like a little country and there was kind of like that relatable like, look at they have a ranch. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whereas Dynasty was just like very fancy rich people you know coming downstairs and yelling at each other and stuff my god that was every episode every episode had some rich person using the stairs uh to full effect yeah yeah that's why i wasn't allowed to watch it my parents did not ever want me to know we were simply middle to lower class income <laughs> oh, like like where are our stairs yeah if you don't see it on tv you think you're rich <laughs> <laughs> i think only rich kids have their father make their toys out of wood for them i'm rich <laughs> What was Jimmy at that time? What was your favorite? Like, what was appointment TV for you? Was it Dallas or Dynasty or was it uh, well, like, Dynasty, your personal favorite? Uh, well, I mean, sitcoms was, ha- you know, Happy Days, uh, Laverne yes. and Shirley, Welcome Back, Cotter, yep. uh, Chico and the Man. Um, <laughs> there was one more that we, that we always talked about. And then, of course, Sanford SCTV and, and Saturday, Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Live. Stanford and Son was a little bit before that. We watched that in reruns more than anything else. Yeah. W yeah. Station, uh, um, TBS, Super Station. Uh, and then the dramas were um, we would watch Love Boat Fantasy Island every Saturday. Oh, that would be God, the that the was greatest. that was a, that was no question appointment TV to watch those yes. two shows back to back. Fantasy Island 
was such a good idea for the whole, like whole family because we would watch it like anything can happen. But it was always, of course, adult stuff that would be happening. Do you remember the one where um, Barbie Benton, I think it was Barbie Benton, she was fat. And then she, her fantasy was that she would be thin. And oh, so no. then she she was like basically in a fat suit in the beginning. And then she went running through the jungle. And when she came back out, she had, she had a Barbie Benton body. I think it right? was her. It was like, that was one of those things. Where I was like, well, this show is incredible. Like it to me was the most brilliant writing of all time. Wait, except what about running through a jungle makes you drop that kind of weight? The humidity? Oh, it's, it's humidity, the, I think, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. She sweated all It's the magical humidity. Just with on one the jungle run. <laughs> wow. Well, it was like, she went to a, a magical part of the jungle. Oh, I think. gotcha. Gotcha. She, uh, Karen, I, 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 I guess you, you kind of answered this, but I'm curious. I don't think I understood what that Fantasy Island was adult stuff. Uh, I, I, I don't think I understood the, the, uh, uh, the, the the layers of Fantasy Island when I was a kid. I think I just like, hey, Sonny Bono singing. Like, I think it was like that <laughs> aspect of it that I liked. The one um, guy's little and the other guy's Look at that, look at that tiny guy. The other guy talks funny. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of Barbie Benton, uh, I've been uh, binging McLeod. Uh, that is, uh, that's what I've, uh, uh, I've already gone through Kojak and Columbo and all that. So I'm on to mm. McLeod. And Barbie Benton was recently playing, uh, she was a country music singer. Uh, on McLeod. And guess who can't sing? Barbie Benton. <laughs> yeah, not very good at singing. <laughs> they were le- just letting her actually do the singing? She was doing the singing. And oh. uh, it must have been very hard to find an actual uh, uh, gorgeous woman in Los Angeles that could sing at that time, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yeah, they, they used to cast things just based on headshots, I think. You never had to it go was... into a room and sing and dance. Yeah. There was no dubbing. She had the she best lawsuit. Best eight by ten. Or what if it was a thing where Barbie Benton wanted to go into music and this was her like some power oh. agent was just like, you will cast her and she will sing it herself. And then that's what it turned out to be. You know what? Maybe you, it, that makes more sense because uh, otherwise I don't understand why she was the choice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cut to it that I'm wrong. She was on Broadway for 17 years. <laughs> it's just your personal taste that you don't like right? her style of yeah. singing. You know what? Yeah, who the hell am I? Maybe she, maybe she has a wonderful recording career. I have no idea. It's just not your bag. It's not my you cup know, of tea. The show that I love from that era and love to watch reruns of now, it like it's so satisfying in so many ways, is heart to heart because they... It's all the, and I wonder if you saw the same thing. And I don't remember McLeod um, specifically, but back then, like late seventies, early eighties TV, they did a lot of everything was real time. They wouldn't cut to like, right. Hey, we're going to go to that. We're going to go investigate that building. Then they'd, they'd show the people walking to their car, <laughs> driving. getting in, driving to the building, getting out, <laughs> go, taking the elevator up. It was insane. <laughs> and I think now I realize it's, they were just killing time in an yeah. hour long drama yeah. and yeah. they were, it was, kind of filler but it's stuff that as i watch it it makes like in heart to heart they drive all over los angeles so you can see like 1980 los angeles love in it. those episodes yeah it's the best i love it yeah i'm with right. you uh, i was telling danielle i was why i went through a that girl phase during the pandemic <laughs> and i i lasted about a season and a half and then i was like i can't take this show anymore but i loved it but they like they literally would show ann Leave that she would okay, I'll be right down. Like somebody would say, I'm at the front door, and they would or or I'm leaving. And she would leave her apartment. They would show her leave her apartment, use the elevator, go down, and then wait out. They would show her waiting outside and then flagging the car down. Like, you gotta be kidding. And then yeah. the car driving away with her in it. Like they all of that was included. And I and I loved it. 
Yes. I guess yeah. that is how I noticed that drag. I had to watch a bunch of old Dragnet episodes because we were doing that green screen thing where I get thrown in. And uh, then not only did they show the driving across town and the entering of buildings, it was part of the narration. Like they say, 4.38 p.m. We drove to the building and went inside and it shows there's like narration. If you, if it's not enough to just watch it, there's also yeah. a c- confirmation with narration. But that's what you're seeing. Yeah, that yeah. What you're seeing you're is right. what's happening. Yeah. And the time. Accurate. It's time stamped also for half. Uh, that's well, half the episode. What was that? Oh, Remington Steel used to do that, too. There's a Remington Steel was very much like we better go and take take a look and investigate. And then it would be a four minute scene of them driving to a place that was four, four minutes away from where they were. And right. it was awesome. Again, that's the same show. It's heart to heart for me. Which one had Robert Wagner? <laughs> I don't know. Heart to heart. OK. Oh God. Remington yeah. Steel. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce oh, Brosnan Pierre, was oh, on sure. Remington Steel. God. Yeah, he's yeah. a handsome guy, huh, Jimmy? I will yeah. never <laughs> use any excuse not to mention that uh, when he was backstage, at the, when I worked at Conan O'Brien on a regular basis and I was in the green room and uh, just w- watching the show on the monitor. And all of a sudden, next to me, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't see who it was, but I just felt stardom standing next to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I turned to my left, and out of his dressing room, watching the show on monitor, uh, on the monitor as well, in the in the group green room, was the most handsome, prettiest man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, and yes. he smelled, smelled, smelled oh my. like Corinthian leather. Oh, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I've never seen a more handsome human being on this planet. <laughs> yeah. Because he also has, it's like the expression on his face constantly is pure confidence. You yes. know what I mean? Like he, it's yes. like he's kind of surveying the room, like who's good enough to be near me? <laughs> no one in here. Like it has, he has the, yes. you know, it's fascinating. And I love having myself worked on a talk show. There really are these people that have it where like you can feel them coming yes There's, like when you're in the room with them you're just like holy shit there they are like you can feel them an aura of of specialness it's yeah. bananas and, and by the way to your to that point what i very it was rare when somebody would come out of their dressing room to watch the show in the green room mm-hmm. and so it was always like can you believe that how down to earth that guy is so like you would never think pierce brosnan would be one of those guys you would think he'd be behind closed doors looking in a mirror but he <laughs> came out and and joined in and was talking like so i'm, I'm fascinated by that because i'm with you like you just feel that stardom come at you yeah and then there's others that you go yeah i don't get why you're the lead guest all right <laughs> okay all right. Well, okay. All right. I guess we'll get through yeah. this. All right. I've, I, I get that. Like- when I was, uh, I've been in the same room as John Hamm, who I think is your friend, and I, I had that same feeling. I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I was tongue tied, which I usually am anyway. But he, uh, yeah, he's got that look about him where I'm like, you can just smell the handsomeness coming off. Of now him. listen, Chris is handsome. And by the way, let's make no mistake. Yes, John is my friend, but he is ama- one of the most handsome men on the planet. Brosnan wins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brosnan beats John Hamm. That's how handsome Pierce Brosnan is. <laughs> you know why? Because John Hamm could, you wouldn't want to cast him as a regular guy, but if you had to, you could. Like in those times where um, his character on Mad Men were, was, you know, super drunk and fucked up and whatever, you're like, oh, yeah, he looks kind of rough. You right. can't do that to Pierce Brosnan. No, you yeah. cannot. Good luck. You can mess his hair up a little yeah. bit, but the face is <laughs> yeah. going to stay the same. They they made his hair askew, I think, for Matador, where he's like a washed up guy living in a hotel. Still handsome. <laughs> right. 
That's a great movie. Yeah, I Matador. love that movie. Ooh, it made I'm me like that him. Down. Yeah, everyone, write that down. Also, it's uh, such a good movie. Jimmy, you your interview with John Hamm with for your behind the scenes. What was your Conan behind the scenes interview show? Oh, uh, uh, the Pardo Patrol. Is is that the online? <laughs> it's so funny, and it was fun to see how funny John Hamm is because you don't know that he is a comedically trained. He's legit, a UCB hilarious, comedy. right? And, well, uh, hey, well, I, I say thank you on both of our behalfs. It, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're both, you're good in it too. That's what I meant to say. Oh, thank but you. Whole, <laughs> and you call it the podcast, and he's like, "That's not what this is." The and, the, and then I said, "Let's do it again." He's like, "Nope." Like, all I, right. Be, my sister went to see you do stand up somewhere. I I don't remember. You've met my sister. Spokane. What yeah. was it? Spokane. And I made her oh. watch that interview first, and it's her favorite. She memorized it, makes references to it like it was a movie. That interview wow. is very funny. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, it was, it was a delight meeting your uh, your sister. And um, Lisa, I think she Lisa. she felt like she was taking up my time, and that was not the case. Like was like, no, I welcome <laughs> talking to somebody. Please. <laughs> oh yeah, she's always very careful and apologetic about. But she'll yeah she'll she'll talk to you. She's the best. But she didn't. She's she, the best. Uh, I, I I had to chase her down. I forced her into the back of the car to have a conversation with me. <laughs> right? Ew. Yeah, I remember Jimmy, that. Jimmy, no. She gave, she that called a, is, me. She said, "I is that a good I'm joke in 2021? <laughs> Has he ever kidnapped someone before?" And I'm like, is this <laughs> "No, one? I never have." Jimmy, First he time. made me get in the trunk to have a conversation. It was very odd. <laughs> I listen. It's quiet. You're not bothered by anybody. <laughs> right? You don't have a the light sock to distract in my you. mouth. <laughs> it's a muffled. <laughs> uh, you know what? Another time, I was at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove. And um, I was checking out and then the other the other cashier said, I'll take the next customer here. And stardom came next to me and it took <laughs> me a second. And because this was years past his prime and it was Matt Dillon. And it was Ugh. one of those times where I was like, now I understand when people say I discovered somebody at the soda shop, because yeah. if I was an agent, I would have gone up to that guy and went, I don't know who you are, but we're <laughs> signing a contract today. <laughs> like it was there was something magic happening with Matt Dillon buying a magazine. Yeah. Matt Dillon is mine and my sister's like, um, you know, grammar school, like very early crush. He was in his prime when we were, you know, 12 or whatever. And, um, always loved him. My sister kind of loved him the most. I went, I was more of a Scott Bale girl, sadly. Uh, uh, um, but well, he's hey, well behaved. He's well behaved. <laughs> Those Italians. But <laughs> Matt Dillon, I mean, he was just like heartthrob. He was undeniable. So cut to when I'm 20 and I'm in San Francisco working at The Gap. And uh, it's the end of a, like an eight hour shift. And I'm over by the dressing rooms folding down a bunch of sweaters <laughs> and sweaty. I haven't I, I put on makeup eight hours previous, you know, and it's the gap. Nothing ever happened there. It was the one that's in the upper market where it's kind of like you're not in the Castro yet. You're in this weird you know, no man's land. And not, it was just a, you know, boring retail job. And we're sitting there and I look up and Matt Dillon walks in the store and I swear to God, I was just like, how, how? Like, I, I don't even get to brush my hair or have one moment of like a little bit of powder or something. And <laughs> As I'm watching him, I'm I'm starstruck. I mean, it was like I felt him on the sidewalk coming through the door. Mm -hmm. And he comes in. I I probably have told the story, Chris, on this show before. No, no, I don't remember you don't think Matt so? okay. story. We this just is it, it's one of my faves because you <laughs> in in San Francisco, you would get um 
famous people like there are people who lived in the city, but it was like Alice Walker and Tracy Chapman. You know what I mean? It would be people right. like they're very we live in San Francisco. So it's maybe I ran into Robin Williams one time at Green Apple Books, literally was looking down at my feet as I was walking, looked up and it was him. And he was like, excuse me, and gave me a smile. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, there is no chance of a, of a celebrity sighting in San Francisco. Right. And it's fucking Matt Dillon. So it's <laughs> he it's just the most beautiful man. And as I'm watching him walk in, my friend Jason has spotted him from the back of the store and is running toward the cash register to be the one to help him. But our manager, Corby, was there first. And Corby was the best. He was so funny. He was really nice. But he was a little bit of like an airhead. And uh, you know what I mean? Just kind of like not paying attention type of guy. And Matt Dillon walks up to Corby and goes, hey, man, can I use your phone? Some guy's following me. I need to call a cab. And Corby <laughs> picks up the, the phone and puts it on the counter and goes, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> funny. He had no idea it was Matt Dillon. And me and right. Jason are like, no, no. Oh, that's and the best. we both went up and just kind of like wiped the counter down for no reason. Just so we could be nearby. I was like, it's Matt Dillon. It's Matt Dillon. It was in we couldn't believe it it was like a miracle what, why best. did why was uh, corby being followed around was he a famous uh, gap manager no he was basically <laughs> saying like cuz they they were most of the guys that worked at that gap were gay and um basically it was just like some he just assumed it was another gay guy that was like some some drunk guy out of a bar was like being too pushy or something. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was oh, that, that mentality. Yeah, thought exactly. it was a guy cruising. Like, I think so. I've had these, I've exactly. had people follow me too. Don't worry. You're not alone. It's like, you're it's, not special, sir. You're not special. Handsome beauty. Yes. Was that a gap uh, that was right by the punchline kind of? Was it in the, okay. No. That's where no, I. No, no. That's the Embarcadero. Yes, so we yes, were, it is indeed. We were way up market out of, even then, like if you were at the Embarcadero, like I one time went to the movie theater that was there when we were all up there for Sketchfest and I went to see the Amy Winehouse documentary and walked out and was like crying because it was so amazing and beautiful and came around the corner and Pat Carney, the drummer for the... Um, Jimmy, the you know this. No, it's it's, no, it's not 1970s drummer, so I don't know who the, it is. The Black oh, yeah, Keys. Right. The Black Keys. Sure. Thank you, Stephen. Yes, <laughs> the drummer for the Black Keys is just standing on the sidewalk, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like, like it was so shocking because it just kind of doesn't happen in San Francisco. But if it's going to happen, it would happen downtown. Like, you know what I mean? That's like where people go. Hmm. The upper, you know, like upper Castro's or the upper upper market area is just kind of out of. Yeah, it's all fishmongers over there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not an exciting spot. Yeah. Karen, are you okay? You kind of lost interest in your own story there at the at, at the tail I end. Just, <laughs> when I couldn't think of the name of the Black Keys, and I just started thinking, why do I? Why am I still podcasting? I was just <laughs> thankful. I, I was thankful that it steered me away from my boring Gap story. I was about to talk about the underwear I bought and the and the card oh. I got. Oh, no, great! Now I'm telling the story. <laughs> I just oh. don't pull yourself a, out of it. I got a Gap credit card, and I didn't know what that meant, and it turned into debt. Anyway, I still have those underwear today, and I wear them out of out of uh, revenge for that debt. That'll show them. Yeah, that'll yep. show those underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that'll get them. Jimmy, uh, by what's the way, your... Chris, okay. yeah. No, Go no. Karen. No, I was just going to tell. I was, ju- I was just going to tell Chris he could also use that credit card at Banana Republic. That was it. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. That's yeah. all. I, I just... Yeah. At the time, I think I, 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 I knew that. 
and I love their slacks, so I would have. I love their okay. trousers and their slacks at the beach. One of my Banana favorite Republic. jokes when we worked on Zach Galifianakis's talk show, uh, I believe it's called Up All Night or something like that, or Friday Night. Uh, when this people from VH1, which is the network it was on, would come to like the executives would come to give us notes. Zach used to call them the bananas because they all wore Banana Republic clothes. No. <laughs> so you'd be like, the bananas are on their way. <laughs> anyway, they had no I was idea. just going to ask you, aside from these ones that we just talked about, do you have a do you have a favorite star sighting like at, not at work where you would of course see stars but like right. in the wild yeah you know you the, uh, it? The, the, my very first one ever uh was when i was out in um what is when i was going to the I think, I think it was when i was going to the american academy of dramatic arts and i went to a movie theater and um in uh, which is now closed on pico and i don't even remember why i was at that movie theater but um <laughs> I came out of the bathroom and I, I I thought of this because of what you said about Robin Williams. I kind of wasn't paying any attention and I turned the corner and my face went directly into this man's chest and it was uh, Gary Busey. And oh. uh, so I turned the corner, smashed my face into Gary Busey's chest <laughs> and then looked up and just went, I panicked. I went, I love you. And then I walked away. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> um and then, so many, 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 many years later, uh, I was going to see um, my doctor, Dr. Joe Sugarman uh, in Beverly Hills, uh, Aaron Nose and Throat Guy to the Stars. Oh, yeah. And, we all um, know Sugarman. Sure, everybody sure. goes to Sweet Sweet Sugarman, uh, Paul Stanley of Kiss. Everybody goes to him. Now, listen, here's the thing. So I'm turning the corner off of uh, Little Santa Monica onto whatever that street is. And uh, I see a guy staring at, uh, there's a, uh, a bronze statue of two kids flying a kite, uh, you know, some sculpture. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy staring at it and then he salutes it. <laughs> and then he turns around and it's Gary Busey. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, all right. Gives a little all right and salutes it. And then he looks at me, he goes, beautiful, isn't it? And <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what he was, if he was saluting them, uh, flying a metal kite in the wind, if he liked the artistic uh, approach. I don't yeah. know what he liked, but I liked that I got to see him saluting it. <laughs> Did you say, I still love you. I, 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 Gary, if I may, there was a time back in 1987 where I ran into you. You were hot <laughs> off of the Buddy Holly story. Somewhere in uh, between those sightings, he had a, a horrific uh, motorcycle wreck. And yes. I think he became a different, perhaps, uh, might I say, strange person after that. Yeah, it's he was not the same guy that I ran into at the movie theater. There's yeah, no yeah. doubt about that, Chris. Uh, although, <laughs> have you ever been caught in public doing a thing because you thought no one was around? I one time, there used to be a bookstore in the Beverly Connection. And I was in there one night and saw a book that was, I think it was some kind of a Men Are From Mars, Women Are From, there was like that Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus trend that went right. crazy where it was just like, men and women have nothing to do with each other and they'll <laughs> never understand each other. You have to do these things and actually you all hate each other. And so there was some book I was reading the cover of and then I just started laughing and I kicked the book and it was just, I was just by myself and just was like, fuck you. And right at the same time, this guy I knew, Dave, was coming around the corner and he 
started la- like I basically got caught doing something. I thought I was just <laughs> by myself having a moment with this book and he completely caught me being a complete weirdo. It was Love really it. embarrassing and funny. <laughs> so best. sometimes that just happens when you're just like, hey, I salute good art. <laughs> right. And you don't you don't know if somebody's well, who cares? Good for Gary Busey for enjoying his life. That's what yeah. I say. Just do it. Just go for it. Just do it. Nike it up. Jimmy, how how many times I there's two that stand out the most, but I opened for you in many a city and many some we mm. had scary we did some scary gigs together. Road dog things. stories. Yeah. Well, there's Rooster T Feathers where the guy there was a guy on a speakerphone or he had a, a Bluetooth and he was having a full volume conversation <laughs> where you could hear the other person and then I said <laughs> Uh, don't you have a dog fight to be betting on? And then he, <laughs> he waited. He waited in the parking lot and they wouldn't let us leave because that guy, right. he said, I'm going to kill that guy. And so I had to wait in the club with a nice man. But the the time you and I did that Ventura, there was a New Year's show that we did at the Ventura Comedy Club. And I mean, do you want to take the reins on this story? I uh sure it uh and if I don't if I don't nail this please uh, remind me so it was Boris Hamilton was emceeing yeah nice. you were uh you were the feature act and I of course was headlining as I would from show business and <laughs> yes of so course. um uh and, the lineup made sense the lineup made sense the lineup made sense at the time yes so Jimmy you hosted that's weird <laughs> yeah. well, no 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 anyway. you misunderstood I'm I'm mm. closing it Karen I'm headlining oh, okay. yeah yeah I he understand. was HL. What made it really bizarre. Okay, so we did a show the night before New Year's Eve, which I believe is on the 30th of December. And we're um, uh, and it went okay. The show went okay, But the owner of the club panicked and called all of us and uh, threatened to fire everybody. Like told me, I'm going to fire everybody. I'm firing everybody. If you guys don't pick it up for you you, you guys, they better have good first shows or they're they're fired. And I'll find two other people open for you for the New Year's show. Yeah, didn't he say he almost fired Boris at one point after the first, uh, that wasn't up to snuff. He's gone. Wait a minute. It's one shitty show. And he was, and by the way, it wasn't all that shitty. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Well, we we're, we expect a lot more out of our MCs. You can't. You're a you're a a, a tourist trap. So he <laughs> he puts the fear of God in everybody that if it doesn't, if the first show doesn't go well, you're all fired. And so like Perfect we're all kind of like comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Like everybody's on their heels. So then the second show. So so by the way, first show goes great. Nobody gets fired. And uh, he. So the second show starts. Boris is on stage. Uh, Chris goes up and this guy and his wife are, uh, are bothering Chris. They're, they're, they're heckling Chris nonstop, right? And a guy who looks like G Gordon Liddy is the best way to describe him. He looks <laughs> I like- remember him as the, uh, the bare knuckle boxer, the bald guy with the curly mustache in Indiana yes. Jones that he fights next to the airplane. To me, yeah. he looked like an old timey boxer where his knuckles would be towards his face. He's a, he's the old guy, like the old, the, the, the weightlifter guy who yeah. is like a, a cartoon weights. with. Yeah, they're uh, with the round weights and he's bald and he's and got the mustache before the show. He was outside and he said, these motherfuckers be- met- better be funny while he is outside tweaking and smoking menthols. OK, <laughs> yeah, continue. So so he, he he and his lady friend are disrupting Chris and Chris is dealing with it 
but also trying to do his act. And he also, Chris is also going, well, I can't do everything I need to do because Pardo needs to go up next too. So I don't, I can't sabotage the show by completely yeah. destroying this guy <laughs> because that'll ruin everybody's New Year's Eve. So, yeah. Yeah. which is a professional thing to do. Uh, other guys would go, hey, it's my time and I got to, there's still a show you got to do. And Chris, Chris knew that. And so thank you. I, I got up on stage and Chris did great. Uh, uh, and then I get go. up there we're and the guy, I forget what he said to me. Uh, he and was I was on I the phone. Went, he said, oh, just watching some short mother, smart ass, short, smart ass. I think it was something like that. It was something like that. And then, I, but, and I lost, I just was like, you know what? I, I'm not like the other guys. I'm not going to fucking tolerate your shit or something like that. And then he, so like, are you talking to me? I go, exactly. I'm talking to you. And I now, of course, my heart is pounding. Yeah. Like I've, it's never been, you know, like, like it's, it's never pounded that hard. Cause like, I'm about to die. Like this guy's, so he stands up. And like, it's it's almost like a joke. Like if it was Scooby-Doo, his shadow would have attacked me. Like it was that huge of a man. He was huge. Yeah, he was. And he was almost he was six something. He, wow. and, and also four feet wide. Like he yeah. was he was all buffed and huge, uh, huge. So I did the thing. A, a comic out of the Midwest taught me this, that if you ever think that somebody's coming at the stage, grab the mic stand because that's your that's your weapon like that. You know, just hit them with the mic stand if they come at you and you're going to win. Yeah. I've seen so that I grabbed the mic stand. Videos. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm holding that. And then just and I'm and I'm holding the mic stand. I'm talking and I'm trying not to engage with them at the same time, trying to diffuse it. And a an ashtray whizzes past my head. And Ooh, no, I'm I, sorry, not an ashtray, a shot glass. Wow. Whizzes, I don't remember whizzes past that. my head <laughs> and hits the woman sitting across the stage from that woman's seat. Oh. I do not remember that either. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then that woman says, hey, what the fuck or whatever. And mm -hmm. I went, yeah, that's a little crazy. And then she throws something else at me. And then I forget what I said to her then, Chris, but the guy then starts coming after me. Yeah. Right. And they, so uh, again, here, if I could interject the entire please, audience, I'm begging you. part of the <laughs> part of the uh, ticket price that night was some kind of a fish dinner provided by a neighboring restaurant. Uh, they didn't have enough fish. Only half the people got the meal uh, they paid for. So they were hungry and they were angry, half of them. So, yeah, it was tense uh, already. And, and so fishermen were wandering in covered with fish gills. Uh, yelling and they'd have to be ushered out. So already tense up to this moment. Jesus. Carry it on. Jenny. And I bet you that if you didn't get a fish dinner, they were like, you get one drink for free. Oh, they had. Right? So, yeah, they had. Yeah. So they're drunk now on top. So of they're yeah. drunk. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. To make up for it. So. Yeah. So he starts coming after me and uh, these two guys who were there, that uh, two guys that were off duty policemen who were dating the waitresses. They were like, hey, we probably should get involved here since nobody in the club seems interested in stopping this. <laughs> so they come over to stop it. And so they go to uh, just him. They go, yeah, they, yeah. I, I forget what they did. Like they went to like slow get on. They, like jump him. him out. I think they said, uh, we're going to take you outside, sir. Like in a gentlemanly way. I did also notice they both were wearing tap out uh, brand <laughs> polo shirts. So well, okay. it's New Year's Eve. It's, they got to dress up. Yeah, yeah. You have to, they were wearing polos. That's important. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, make no mistake, they're the heroes in the story. These two guys are the heroes. <laughs> yeah. So they they come over, and but this guy's so big, they're kind of like hanging on his arms, like that. It's it, like that's how big this dude is. Like they're trying to wrangle him down, 
And that guy's wife jumps on top, jumps on the back of one of these off-duty cops, and, but he doesn't know who it is, so he turns around and punches the woman in the face. And <gasps> she flies into a giant Christmas tree, which then topples onto one of the tables. Yes. A giant Christmas tree. And okay. blood goes flying everywhere blood? from this woman's nose. <laughs> okay, Wait. I remember the man bleeding. They both bled, apparently. They both bled. And but sorry, the the person that got punched was the correct person. It was the woman from this awful it couple. Was, yes, yes. Now, oh, no, good, no, the okay. guy the, the 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 guy did feel bad. He's like, I never would have punched her punched it if I knew it was her. I didn't know who it was. Somebody jumped on my back, and I just instinctively I remember yeah, that turned yeah. around and punched yeah. it. No game on. Uh, if you jump on someone's back, if hands fly, that's what you signed up. And for. these two people, the whole time they are sitting there, they were fidgeting and jiggling their legs in a way I think only can be provided by math. Yeah, they were they were all messed up. There yeah, yeah, was no doubt they were sure. tweaking. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I was going to say, sorry. Usually, someone that's that big doesn't feel the need to flex that way. Oh, usually, right. big guys are underplaying it because they get so much attention yeah. of like, oh, what do you want to fight me or whatever. Uh, that's what surprised me is like, it feels to me like those guys don't do that that often. Well, I'll say this, Karen. I, it. it, it I'm not defending him in any way, shape or form. This guy <laughs> ruined people's New Year's Eves. But he, you know, he would say something and I would be me and be very funny and make him look stupid. And he wasn't going to tolerate that. So that's why he was flexing, because yeah. how dare this little piece of shit guy make, you know, win this fight? And, yes. Oh, I know how I could win it. I will stand up and destroy this guy with one punch. <laughs> And but also he's in a comedy club. What yeah. the fuck does he think is oh, going to happen if he's on the phone and being an ass? They called right? him and gave him free tickets. That guy did not sign up to be there. They just showed up because they were out of a rowdy powder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, sure. Rowdy powder. I mean, yeah, um, it's pretty clear. Of course you know what I mean. <laughs> Sometimes I so just anyway, say that at the end. Know what I'm saying, the, Jimmy? Yeah, rowdy powder. You, you don't have to tell me. what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, you got the RP. Oh, yeah. I okay. got it. <laughs> anyway, they, finally, they finally get these people out, uh, Karen. And um, and then it's like 12 minutes left of the show. And I was like, so I guess I continue. And some people, one woman's like, nope, you've ruined our night. And I go, then scram. I don't need you here. And <laughs> she left. And then some other people, everybody else stayed. And it ended up being OK. Right, Chris? At the yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. You pulled it off. And I didn't think it was possible. This happened. Yeah. A quarter to midnight. And then it finally, after recognizing what had happened, you diffused it. And we rang in the new year and it ended fine. But what I'm remembering is them choking this man out and he That's fell right. and hit his head on the stage and blood <laughs> shot out of his head at his heart rate towards right. you were on stage and you dodged his flying blood you had to slam oh. that was a traumatic thing and i think everyone there screamed I don't think that's not something you see every day as a man uh, no. uh, bleeding at his heart rate in a in a squirt gun like fashion. This is very Christ. graphic. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> it was crazy. Blood everywhere. These guys were professional MMA fighters. They were feeding them the knees. It was it was scary <laughs> to watch. And I've you know I know how much you love fights, Karen. I love fighting. watching people. I really uh, do feed each other the boots. These, sure. but this was a violent, scary one with people that. And then these guys came in. They're like, we're sorry, everybody. We had to do something. They felt bad. And their jeans yeah. were covered in blood. Their legs were <laughs> like. And the fight kept happening as he was ringing in the new year. You could hear them yelling and scuffling outside. And then Wait, the police the police came an hour later or something. Yeah. Did the audience that 
I know the one lady was like, you ruined our New Year's, whatever. But but once the guy was out of the room, those people were out of the room. Were you able to get that audience back in any yeah, way, yeah. Jimmy? Yeah, I got yeah. a map. Did you? Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> amazing. Like, talk That's about... fucking legendary. Talking about, it, yeah, talk about an obstacle. Uh, you did it. Uh, yeah. You know what? The, the other thing the woman said when she said... Uh, you ruined our night. She said, this was your fault. She blamed like, oh, yeah, like, I remember. How is this my fault? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's on the phone and then threw something at me. This isn't my fault at all. All oh, these no. are Harbor people. She was probably his cousin. It's yeah. your fault. We're on crystal meth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just awful. Uh -oh. And then. Uh, and the fishermen yeah, kept coming <laughs> these fishermen in yellow rain suits covered in guts. <laughs> we want a beer. Full volume from Russia. <laughs> and, uh, there's a comedy concert happening, sir. Please stop yelling in your fishy man voice. <laughs> How big was this club? Was it can you compare it to a club I know? Like is it was it smaller or bigger? Boy, what would you say, Chris? Yeah, I, I, I think you could pack 200 people into that. I would say 200. Can. Yeah. So like the, the improv with no curtains hey, closed? You know right. what? The improv with no curtains closed is a perfect shape and size and everything. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Oh. Yes. That perfect giant shape Christmas, and size. That giant Christmas tree had no business being in a club that small. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tree committed suicide when it dove onto that table of people. <laughs> Ornaments everywhere. Glass. Into champagne glasses. Oh, Jimmy, can you remember what your um, when you got we're getting the audience back? What the first joke you had was <laughs> like I, about no. what just happened. I, I, I'm sure it was just all that. You know, it's like I, I do remember at one point while it was all happening is like. So I guess I just do play by play. What do I do now? Like I remember <laughs> saying that. Yeah, yeah. You as they were fighting, he was commentating the fight. <laughs> Oh, they got him in some kind of, I guess that's a chokehold. Oh, more blood. <laughs> it's going to be a great year. I don't know. And that and was, I, you know, I'm in my tuxedo like an idiot. <laughs> oh, God. Little splatters of blood on your tuxedo. It, right, it looked very nice on the white shirt. It looked like uh, <laughs> costuming. Oh, it was a horrifying. And then bananas. Boris sticks his head out and goes, no, I'm not the bad guy, am I? <laughs> yeah. now, I now I seem pretty good, don't I? <laughs> I, get, I get to come back tomorrow, right? That's Boris. <laughs> uh, yes, meanwhile, Boris. the guy that was laying down the law during that fight, it, and he was a big fireman mustached looking guy. He was hiding behind the front kiosk, pretending the fight wasn't happening. He was nowhere to be found. <laughs> Jimmy's like, is there a police or someone that could be called? There's a fight happening, and the guy's just peeking over like the neighbor in Home Improvement. He was so he was petrified. God, it's scary. Yeah, we've yes. done some. Uh, we've come a long way, Jimmy. Oh, we sure have. You know, we sure have those Chris. gigs anymore. Do you miss it, guys? Do you miss the road? Sorta. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I miss. I, you it know what I mean? I, I miss meeting the people afterwards. I mean that sincerely. I miss. That's the part of it that I miss. Um, yeah. And I yeah. guess I miss the time on stage. I don't miss any of the other aspects of it at yeah. all. At all. Yeah. 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 Even last night I did a virtual show on a stage, but with the Zoom audience. And afterwards, really? there's a little hangout, and it was by far my favorite part. Wait yeah. a second. You so you're in a club, and they're videotaping like you on stage at the club, and then yeah, it's a warehouse where they put in a stage, and it looks like the there's a brick wall and a cool like Edison bulb lamp, and it it looks beautiful. But yeah, no one in there, so you have to get used to firing off your jokes to just barely hearing laughter. But I'm I, it's the only thing we can do right now, so I'm tr uh, trying to enjoy it. But it is hard. It is hard wow. to do. That but sounds I, impossible. 
it's it's yeah. not it is possible but you have to forget what you know about <laughs> how you usually depend on laughter to keep you going okay. and what you like and you, uh, you, you have forget. to forget what makes forget you happy <laughs> and settle for the opposite <laughs> well because remember that show ian abramson used to do that show where you would do your you would do your act in like a in like a sealed off room separately so the audience would be laughing at you but you couldn't hear so you just had to keep going oh wow that's yeah, like, why awful. why did that happen and why did people say yes to do it to do yeah. it it was because it was basically like here's worst case scenario comedy so it, oh, at like wow. a comedy festival you'd be at bridgetown but then you'd go do this crazy show oh, okay. where the audience oh, no. knew how miserable you were and yeah. people were trying to do stuff and it would just be like like i remember it was when drennan and i were doing songs and we were doing these songs that we would like it would be over and then i would just be like Oh, was that that was bad? Was it? like you just can't not <laughs> yeah, feel hurts. bad. Yeah, I right. I did feel bad last night, and I think it went well, and people enjoyed it. But I I need to hear the laughs. I can't imagine doing it like that. Like, oh yeah, I'm doing a half hour in uh, Joe Rogan's deprivation tank. Coming. <laughs> oh God, to where you hear nothing. That would be so hard. Yeah, but but here's the irony of that is we've all done plenty of shows where there's a room full of people where we don't get a single laugh. Right, right. You just Mm -hmm. have the set Mm -hmm. where you bomb miserably, and somehow that feels better than doing it on Zoom where you know the people are enjoying it, but you can't hear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How am I comfortable with when I know it's my fault entirely? What? (laughs) I guess I just suck tonight. (laughs) There's something I do love when it's a when I'm bombing. It has to be very specific though, because it's if it's a smaller room. Like if if it's if it's quiet because the audience is small and then I'm bombing, yeah. I suddenly become the most creative mind of all time because hundred percent, yes, it's the one way I can go. None of this matters. Yeah, but if it's like slightly bigger and it's just like n- the things don't come when they're supposed to come, it's I first I hate myself, but then I hate them ten times yeah. more, and it is I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't get around it. Like I can't have fun right. with it. I'm always in such awe of the kind of people who can be eating it and still kind of staying on that. Like this is fun and it's fine and who cares? No way. I don't know how you do that. I yeah. don't either. For me, it's just a defense mechanism. When your back's against the wall like that and you're scared, that is how I used to get out of fights. That's how. It, I mean, and Jimmy, you probably don't. Even, you don't remember what you said during that horrible 1920s bar fight but you said funny things and you probably they were just spilling out of your mouth because you thought you were about to die yeah (laughs) you gotta get out the gems before while you can yeah really that's one that it's like when people always say to me because you know because i improvise my show so much like do you record you must record every night then to remember what you said it's like i don't record at all but it's nights like that that it's like damn it you, they're right i should be <laughs> recording everything because this this would be amazing to have documentation of oh. yeah yeah that was your version of the the guy that hit the audience member with the guitar it, it, it was it but was no video real. of that <laughs> i wonder if you guys should call that club if it's still open and see if they recorded it yeah wouldn't that be amazing if there's just video sitting somewhere oh yeah. my of god that, that they watch every christmas <laughs> right telling a version of the same story <laughs> and then that except their version was that guy was like half owner of the comedy club the, the guy up front because yeah. right, right, he right. looked just like the owner they were both tall guys with mustaches i think he was in on it I think it was the, an the owner was job. a good guy, by the way. I, he just uh, he was he was panicked about his business. He, uh, all yeah. hey, all yeah, all people remember is you said our jobs were on the line. He was going to fire us. 
That's true. Well, in fairness, you and Boris did suck. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was coming. Roastmaster. <laughs> Although the pressure he applied seemed to really work because then you guys totally you came back. You killed it. You did well. That it, You built the tension high enough so that blood was spilled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant literally. Sorry. <laughs> there will be blood. I told you that. I just want to do my job. No, I just, uh-huh. I was, I was nervous because I was like, oh, I'm going to blow it and then that'll be the end of my career. And Jimmy's not ever going to take me to another one of these violent chuckle buckets with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I do miss those were usually we had fun and usually we had I, fun. I learned sure. a lot well, opening for Jimmy and the main. That was, if you would say that was the worst show you guys did together. Yeah, for sure it was. What was the best show that you did together? This is, to me, it's the same show. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I never. I, we, we had great shows at places. If something goes well, though, I'm like, yeah, that's how it should go, and I delete yeah. it from my memory. If it's horrifying oh. and my life is on the line, goddamn right, I remember it every day. It, I just remember the bad things and the good things. I'm like, it. yeah, that's how it should be. I don't know. We had fun in Kirkland. You uh, went with me. I bought some of my first luggage. You bought you, a piece of luggage in in the rain. <laughs> yeah, the zipper blew out immediately. It was raining. <laughs> And then you kept every restaurant we went to. Jimmy always like, my son is uh, this is my son. He's new in town. Uh, he, he's uh, he's a graphic artist. Is there any academy where he can learn? He likes to draw and paint specifically, uh, like just to the waitress. And then I'd it was a challenge for me to then play along and be like, yes, I am. This is my father. And yes, I'm going to art school. Otherwise, I would have Jimmy would have given it to me. I'm fun. You that's what that sounds fun. like to me. I sound fun. You are. <laughs> or I sound like the obnoxious comic who can't shut it off. That either <laughs> either you can listen to that story and take it either way. Uh, does, it depends uh, what mood you're in, how much yeah. sl- sleep you've gotten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is, it has. A I like to think it was fun, Karen. To be honest with you, it sounds fun to me. I like oh, stuff you, like Karen. that. I yeah. do too. Do you I'm think a fan. Your, your son Oliver thinks you're fun? And, and uh, I do. I do yeah. think he thinks I'm fun. I, I think he's he, got. Uh, yeah, he likes comedy. I like that kid. He's a, he's also Karen interested in miniatures. He makes these dioramas dedicated oh, yeah? to different TV shows. He's very creative, and uh, yeah, he's just. I've never met Oliver, but he seems like the sweetest kid ever. He uh, Karen, he made me a Mary Tyler Moore action figure for Christmas. That that was my Christmas <laughs> gift. Yeah, I mean, wait, how 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 old is he now? He's thirteen. Oh. Um, and and the truth is, I, I kind of made the joke earlier, but the truth is, we watched uh, Chris's special, and it is Oliver's favorite stand-up special that we watched. Oh, and that's so great! He quotes awesome. it almost every day, and we've watched <laughs> other. I mean, we've watched great comics, and uh, and I love the fact. The truth is, I love the fact that he loves good comedy, and I don't have to pretend that somebody that sucks is good. You know what right. I mean? Like yes. I don't have to. Yes. No, 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 that you know, yeah, yo, I know that guy. He's a good guy. I don't have to do any of that. I go, I get to go. Yeah, Fairbanks is great. Nate, Nate Bargatze yeah. is great. Uh, uh, Tig is great. You know, wh- whatever specials we've watched. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank and, Maria well, Bamford is great. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he gets it. Yeah, he does between, get it. It's, it's between wonderful. you and Danielle, though, I can't imagine he. It would be like almost like an Alex P. Keaton thing if he didn't know good comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That that's would a good be point. very sad. He's just the tiniest little Republican <laughs> in a suit talking about <laughs> studying law. Yeah, not yeah. Just that would be dry. bad. Some kids want to be lawyers. 
<laughs> he uh, his favorite thing. Uh, uh, this happens a couple of years ago. We were at uh, Toys R Us. They were still open. That's how old the story is. So he was much younger. And you know, I don't like scatological humor. I don't like poo poo pee pee sort of stuff at all. I it just I I, I don't I, I hate f a r t. I hate that word. It's just not part of me. Yeah. And so we were looking at the games at the board games, and one of them was you know flush the toilet, and then another one was. <laughs> Who sh- who shit the bed or whatever it was called, and, and then there's like all these games where it's like you know move your piece of poop around like it was like and Were you I in literally the poop section it was I don't understand it was in the kids section I, kids find that funny yeah, apparently yeah, so yeah yeah but I didn't realize that 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 I said it out loud I just kind of and I just went what the fuck is going on <laughs> and. Oliver laughed like crazy. Couldn't wait to get home and tell Danielle, like, hey, we're in the we're in the game thing, and and Dad said this, and it was the funniest thing in the world because it was like, seriously, what was going on? Why were all these games happening, Mom? It was the greatest. He must have been like nine or ten, even. It was like, but I couldn't even control my filthy mouth from coming out. But it is that thing. It feels like that's the kind of thing where there was a turn where for a long time it was like adults making games for kids that were, oh, this is you'll learn to count money or you'll learn to, um, you know, the game of life where you put little things in your car and you'll make good decisions or whatever. Yeah, pay and taxes. Like, yeah, or whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, or you'll just learn to count or how cards work or whatever. But then that turn of like, we're just going to market to the lowest common denominator oh. and just try to make money off of the the like what the first thing a third grader thinks of yeah right. it's just so cynical and like such a bummer to see that it's just obviously what that is yeah, that's what that was and, and that's what it was it was like a guttural reaction of, of saying everything you just said articulately i decided to just go <laughs> what the fuck is going on like that just beaten down by it like that that's what we're at okay great yeah, yeah i'm surprised it, i mean you usually have to go behind a curtain that shows topless greeting cards at spencer gifts to find right? fart specific games <laughs> oh, right man. toilet ring toss I mean, it's just so <laughs> awful you know when you you can get the new ipods i no i the earbuds yeah yes. yeah i never call them the right name yeah and i'm not too, i call them ipods ipads and i always will <laughs> yeah um but basically you can get the case that they now come in personalized so you can get your initials you can get something a word written and you can also put any emoji on there and i was looking like oh this is kind of cool or whatever and then the shit emoji is one of the options and i'm just like who would do that like what kind of low self-esteem must you have where you're just like you know it's my it's my ipad but you know we'll put some shit on there too or, Why or not? they think it's the funniest thing they're like look what i did i put the shit piece in <laughs> Put a gun in your mouth. Jesus. <laughs> the the worst. It. The worst. Yeah, All right, guys. Though. Yeah. Okay, If there's a lull for more than five seconds. <laughs> oh, he bails. We all he slap, just fucking leaves. We slap our uh, our laptop shut if there's any <laughs> silence. <laughs> Jimmy, I keep seeing the um someone made a gif of you and I talking um when I think it was when I was on Never Not Funny last time when you <laughs> said you people from Largo were assholes and I was like you weren't a, you weren't a dream yourself or something <laughs> oh we're my both God. laughing. Do you oh, remember that? I moment? don't at all. 
I, somebody made a gif of it and I was looking at the other day and it's so funny because the words at the bottom are really mean and we're both laughing right, our right. asses <laughs> off and it's just like this is so what it's like to be a comedian we're just like if you just saw the words you'd think we were completely like confronting each other right. like we're on a reality show together and instead we're just both laughing just being like you're a prick well you were an asshole too yeah when I, I first met Jimmy I didn't know just how sarcastic you were I was only impressed that you came to Cap City in Austin once a year and you remembered my name and that I was from Montana but then you started making fun of me and I totally thought you were serious and then you walked away and you were shaking your head and like 10 minutes later you came over and you said you know I'm kidding right that that's what I do I I go to the ultimate uh, end of what you can do with sarcasm and uh, that's what I just did and then I'm like oh okay I'll get it from now on yeah see I'm see, fun from a distance I, have, I, I think it's always best when you have to explain that you just had a good time right that's <laughs> Yeah, That's the yeah. best comedy. <laughs> Karen, is your camera somehow getting uh, more Vaseline on it as this show goes on? <laughs> Probably. Oh, this, yeah. That's it. Look, that's it's, a, that's it's looking a more and more civil shepherdy as we go. Yeah. Well, thank you. Wait, good or bad? Good or bad? Um, well, it's the sun is going down. I and see. so I'm facing, I literally face like the sunset direction. So here it, yeah. as it goes down, but yes, I basically start to disappear. The haze, darkness of the room. It did look exactly like a romantic dream sequence from Moonlighting. Mm. You yes. are very much. It, was, it could just be my beauty. Well, I've, that's always on the table, Kara. Nobody's that's dismissing that as an option. Possibility. Let's, let's or it's your get. dog spit. It's that saliva again. <laughs> yeah, I just have the dog come up and lick the camera right before every Zoom. Hey, you got to every- clean it somehow. Clean that lens, doggy. I'm glad, glad you brought back that callback of me insulting Eddie Pepitone for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back, Chris. <laughs> Everyone can take it. Everyone can take it. Mm. That's, that's our love language. <laughs> Hatred. Agreed. 100%. Right? Yeah, Eddie Pepitone knows you love him. and uh, I do we, love Eddie Pepitone. We, yeah. I, I see Eddie Pepitone every year. I didn't see him this year because of the pandemic, but every year we, uh, Jane Edith Wilson, uh, Wilson puts together a little uh, thing for the uh, the uh, women's shelters. She puts together mm-hmm. a Christmas uh, a party for them. Sure. And uh, Eddie, Pe- my wife volunteers, Eddie Pepitone volunteers. Uh, I show up and shake some hands and... Um, <laughs> Uh, the kids get a nice charge out of me when I shows up. Hey, it's the guy from the game show from 2005. That's great. <laughs> they get a nice charge out of it. They all love it. Oh, Merry Christmas, kill- children. Um, anyway, I, I see Eddie every year, and I, uh, he's great. I haven't seen him in many years. I haven't seen anyone in a while, but uh, I miss well, Chris, him. Chris we're, Chris, we're in a pandemic. Nobody sees anybody. Yeah, but no. it's specific to me when I think about the situation <laughs> I'm in. I feel I like see. it's a okay. little different. You know, I don't have roommates. Uh, my apartment is up on a hill. I did. Uh, there's no one passing by. Oh, yeah. Madeline never happens into your apartment. No one would ever. If I did, I'd kiss faces with him and say I love him. <laughs> or butt heads and then say I love him. Jimmy, do you have anything to plug or do you want to talk about upcoming events in your life that you would like people to attend or anything? Oh, I, well, of course, I got the award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny, that uh, yes. we enjoy, of course, having both of you on. Fan favorites. Um Woo! And uh, I do a thing uh, on YouTube called Jimmy's Records and Tapes uh, that it's at uh, YouTube.com slash number not funny. That is me uh, talking uh, th- uh, this season. It's uh, my five favorite of a certain topic, uh, be it, uh, uh, you know, uh, my five favorite po- prog rock songs, my five favorite um, horn songs, so on and so forth. But y- you're not coming to it for musical expertise. You're coming to watch me be a jackass yeah, talking yeah. about music. Yeah, so, the topic doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, you exactly. are... Uh- 
you are a musical expert because I no. did um, back when Julian McCullough used to do Julian Loves Music. I did that with you a couple times and you pulled out some esoteric information <laughs> yeah. that was so mind-blowing like a couple times we played games and you had like you listed things by year where i was just like what is going on like you really do know your stuff i know i know very what i know i know and but if you if you start talking about the black keys and saying that you saw the drummer i don't know i i couldn't even pick a song of theirs like if you started playing it i would go who's that i wouldn't have a clue but what oh. i know i know all of it i'm in okay yeah yeah Got i'm it. in Got it. I'm also doing a live. Uh, thank you for asking, Karen. I'm, and I only bring this up. I think it's February 17th. I'm doing a. Um, nope. Uh, wrong. Uh, abort that date. Uh, February 19th uh, at flapperscomedy.com. I've been doing these monthly shows uh, where I figured out a way to uh, do virtual crowd work. And I'm doing it where I I interview the people and uh, like the, the producer in the in the showroom. Uh, find just picks anybody at random. Uh-huh. I interview that person, and then I ask that I say, "Hey, what story or bit would you like to hear from my act?" And I'll do it. And if it's like an old thing, I kind of find my way through it and maybe <laughs> mangle it, which is funny, or yep. I nail it, and that's funny. So, um, it, those have been a lot of fun. So uh, come on by for that if that interests you in any way. Yeah, shape, or that went one time. Karen and I did that with Greg Barrett, where we assigned each other. Uh, bits that we remembered from the other person and we had to do them in a live at, at that live podcast. It's fun, right? It was so fun. Yes. It was so you fun. Know what, it, it's, it's amazing that you say that, Chris, it, going back to the the live setting, I worked with Pam Stone. Remember Pam Stone? Uh, very funny talk. Uh, tall, but she's very tall because I'm five foot four. Everybody's tall. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, she was on coach. She was very funny. And she, um, it, it just makes me think of the camaraderie that at one point some comics used to have, and maybe they still have it. And I just don't, uh, I'm not with the right people anymore, but uh, <laughs> like give each other words to say on stage or, yeah. Hey, Hey, I dare you to do that bit that always bombed. And so, <laughs> yeah. so I was working with, I was working with Pam Stone and she told me to say, uh, what did she, th- I don't remember what word she told me to say, but I thought she told me to say C-U-N-T. That's what I thought she told me to say. <laughs> and so I figure out a way to say it on stage. And then I come off and she goes, what the fuck is the matter with you? Why would you say that word? I go, you told, you dared me to. And she's like, no, I told you to say Dixie cup. Like, I, I don't know what I thought she said. <laughs> Uh, but I love I love that shit. So I, I I I would love to do a show with you guys where we do that, where we try to uh, find a way to. I hope it was Dixie yes. Cup, and I hope you in your act you said Dixie Cunt at some point. That, <laughs> I love it. Paints a very southern picture. I love it. Uh, well, she is from the south, so there's a good point. Uh, she may I think she said to say that word, uh, and then uh, backpedaled when uh, the audience she didn't care for you. it. Yeah, that's like I would never. Oh no! How the dare part. you, sir? Yeah, that, that that would be right. At this point, it's a, it would be a dream to do a night of comedy with you guys. It, oh my as, god! As someone who like I was trying to get back into it, and then I just didn't like it, and I yeah. wouldn't work on it, and blah blah blah. And at this point, a year a year into this fucking quarantine, I would try my best. I would write new things. I would I would do everything I could to do a night of comedy with my friends. Yeah, it would be and wonderful. Then, and when I we do, it. we have to give each other assignments. I like that yes. idea. Here, here. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Uh, well, if you haven't heard Jimmy Pardo's podcast, Never Not Funny, it is, I think, the first podcast that I ever knew about and certainly the first one I was ever a guest on. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from Jimmy and he's great. And you just heard how funny he is. So uh, oh. this is a conclusionary statement. And I think a pretty <laughs> good one. Pretty good. I ramped down nice. 
You're definitely warming it down. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to cool off. A lot of people, <laughs> if you just abruptly end, they pull a hammy or something. They pull a True. muscle in their leg. <laughs> you can't just, you got to cool down. Jimmy, thank you so much for doing this. I am show. honored. Honest to God. It was so great to see you guys. My friends, it was great to see you. And as being part of the show, it was great to see you. So thank you. Thank yes, you. Please, and say please hello come to, back soon. Yeah, yeah. Say hello to Danielle and Oliver, please. Yes, you, please. No, of course. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N-A-R! <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home Tell us all about it Were you scared or was it fine? Malphorn Uh, with Karen and Chris.